Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. I'm Adam. Uh, and we are here this evening for the second part of our... What month are we doing? There's a theme to this. Oh, I, I think this must be Halloween, very... isn't it? We're a horror it's not... podcast. It's always Halloween. Well, <laughs> but I thought we we did Donnie Darko in between our theme, but did I... Go, I no, but maybe it could be. It could be sci-fi still. I, I guess. think it was just we. we, just, yes, we it was sci-fi, but yeah, I, yeah. That's funny. I totally do not think of it as a sci-fi film, but it really is. Yeah, which Absolutely. is kind of weird. Adam clearly yeah. did when he thought of packing yeah. it together. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we are here for the 2001 movie Donnie Darko, uh, a film I'm guessing we've all seen uh, multiple times before, uh, and there will be spoilers. Uh, there will be swearing. If you haven't seen but, this film, I, I don't know if we're going to be able well, to spoil it. I was going to say, I was going to say, yeah, what, the fuck happens. It, what happens, right? Exactly. That's the thing. Is it possible to spoil? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm hoping Adam's going to fully explain it to us because I feel like I'm just one step behind on this one. Like, And I love everything about it. There you go. I've said it straight out. I don't, <laughs> don't think I've hidden that before, but, but still, yeah. I, 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 I still feel like, is it because it's time travel? Then that, yeah. that could be well, a complete spoiler. It's, <laughs> Except it kind of tells you that at the start. Yeah. yeah. And it's sort of, I've, I've, to be honest, I think all the hints you can get going into this, this isn't one where you're like, you know, it's it's best to go in a bit prepared at least. This is, so I'm trying to remember though, um, and I think, Lee, I totally cut you off probably while you were explaining the. Uh, no, no, it's fine. That, that was but, all I was going into, really. But it's, it is, I find this one of the harder films having when you know what happens to remember what I was thinking exactly the first time I watched it. Yeah. Because I almost still feel like, as you said, still trying to figure it out. And it's like, well, I know way more about it having watched it quite a few times now. And yet still it's funny how it's somewhat, somewhat difficult to be sure. I I think I've seen it three times. I think I watched it the first time and i got to the end and thought i had it and then when i watched it the second time <laughs> i was like mm. that's nothing like i remember yeah and then i tried it again the third time yeah and thinking right well this time i'm gonna really focus in and i'm really gonna nail it um yeah and again i came away thinking yeah i, I still don't think so i'm gonna be absolutely honest i have not watched it this time for the podcast Oh, naughty um, boy. Because, uh, well, I, I made a conscious decision because every time mm. I've watched it the first time and I loved it, and every time I've watched it subsequently, I've liked it a little bit a less. A bit less. <laughs> um, and I know that I am generally the contrarian on this, and you both come in and go, What a great movie that is. And I go, mm. not that. So I've decided not to watch it and go off of my fairly how it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a fair, fair idea i would say it'd be interesting to see yeah adam's take on it then and see what we all end up with but all right so i think this might be my fourth time i watched it i'm fairly certain i watched it soon after it came out i didn't watch it in the cinema um but i remember being hooked from the start when i I I was trying to work out you know watching it with a trying to be slightly more critical on this viewing and figure out exactly what I think and why. But it's, it's something about, it's very mundane and yet really surreal yeah. all the way through. And that, that just gripped me from the start. The way 
you see him wake up and he's like he's, he's got a bike and he's on a sort of large hill mountain and and like what's going on and then the way the music then transitions and it becomes quite dreamlike in that you don't hear sounds as much and then you just sort of see his dad blowing the the leaf blower at his sister and, and his mum just reading oh reading uh what do we say uh how do we refer to Stephen King now? The author that wrote Pet Cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's like, oh, there's interesting references. And you like, and I, I had no idea what, what it was about. You know, you've heard the name and you're like, well, I don't know. Like, and what is going on? And, and why is this all so mundane when something weird has happened? Because what's he doing, you know, up the mountain on his bike? And yeah. then you think it's all about his difficulties with mental illness. Hmm. So it's like, you, I just, yeah. The first time through, no idea really where it was going to go, how horror based it was going to be, or yeah, and I, I think that's it. I was just totally, yeah, this has really got me, and and just that whole aesthetic throughout, I find fascinating. Oh, it, it is an absolutely beautiful movie, and I I, I enjoy so many things about it. I say, which is kind mm. of why I didn't you want to don't want to mar <laughs> it for myself, yeah, because yeah, it, it's just as you say, it's got that really strange like almost 80s i know it's based in the age but it's got yeah that almost 80s feel where it's like oh we don't have to explain everything which you, they don't do anymore everything gets over explained and mm. you know whereas with this it just kind of tells you the story yeah and that was the first time so uh i didn't see this at cinema i hired it on vhs okay um yeah. when it first came out uh because it, it was before i'd been on the internet I had a friend who was getting into the internet and I spoke to him on the phone and I was like, oh, what have you been doing? And he said, oh, I watched Donnie Darko. So I've just spent the last two days <laughs> on the internet yeah. trying to find out what the film was about. And yeah. like, How did you watch a film and not and understand not it? And he was like, oh, well, once you've seen it, you'll <laughs> totally get it. So I, I went and hired it that weekend. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and totally knew exactly what he was on. But yeah, as I, said, I, I came away thoroughly enjoying it. And yeah, and not really feeling that I was missing out by so that's it. not a hundred percent getting. Yeah, yeah, it, you, it you do take so for. much from it. Yeah, really, like uh, about I guess the elements of um, being a teenager, growing up, the difficulties of kind of trusting different people and you, authority. Like you're being told this, but you know he's clever, and so he's questioning, and it's like. It's interesting how some of the adults don't like that and don't accept it, whereas some others are supporting him. Um, yeah, but and there's, there's this sort of a, it's almost a, I don't know, a quiet, it's not always quiet, sometimes they scream, but there's a desperation to almost everybody. It's like there's, yeah. things are just not quite great for everybody. Everybody's at breaking point and you don't yeah. know why or mm. if it's for the same reason. Yeah, so it's, it just mm. carries that. It is. It's that tension, isn't it? It is all tension. The way through that uh, yeah. Just that constantly puts you off kilter and does leave you just going, I don't know <laughs> why any exactly of this what? is happening. <laughs> yeah. See, the quest, question I would ask is because I, I, I watched the theatrical version, mm. um, but um, there is also a director's cut. So I only learned that, you know, just today, in fact. Yeah. And the director's cut, it's its a weird thing because I watched the theatrical version thing and I was like, have I seen the director's cut? Have I not? Mm. 
Um, but the, one of the main things they do in the director's cut is they show you bits of the philosophy of time travel book. Mm. Okay. So, so the harder sci-fi end of it uh, comes out more. And I was convinced. I'm like, maybe I have seen the director's cut. And then I remembered um, it was an extra on the original DVD. Ah, uh, okay. Which they then so you saw the scenes yeah, in the director's okay. cut. Oh, that's interesting. So, so Lee was saying that um, he didn't actually watch it for for this one. Um, I should just say Adam had to go away <laughs> briefly. And yeah, sorry. That bit. Um, but yeah, so and he didn't want to watch it because it almost feels like the more details he gets the slightly worse it gets every time yeah the more i watch it the less yeah. i enjoy the film and i i when i came away the first time i loved it mm. so i never mm. want to get to a point where i don't like <laughs> Actually, it yeah but, and that's yeah. interesting seeing those details in it's trying to explain more about the, the physics of time travel i guess then um yeah that could potentially take away more that, well, that was something more. i forgot I that was something i forgot to do is i was gonna not in a I think you'll find that he was wearing a wristwatch that would only have been available in 1989. And this is set in 1988. So <laughs> not wishing to be one of those people. But I was yeah. um, I was going to look up, and I just totally forgot, I was going to look up the um, publication date of A Brief History of Time. Mm, uh, yeah. The science teacher's got that when he's talking to him about time travel. And it was like, yeah. and in my head, I was like, that feels like it was... But I presume it was something where the ball rolled and it was more prevalent in the 90s. Yeah, but mm. it had already been out. But it was already yeah. published, you know. I don't think they'd make an error like that in that, this that anyway. Bit, yeah. but I could imagine a book uh, like that might have taken a little while to get some traction. Yeah. It's not an instant, it's not an instant <laughs> obvious bestseller, is it? But, um, but it was like a sort of science phenomenon for a while in the mm. 90s certainly a lot of people had read it then mm. and um well a lot of people had bought it then uh, yes <laughs> I, I i i have a copy i like everybody else have read the first two chapters <laughs> <laughs> but i think that yeah the life i've I sort of got the gist you're saying that because it is a it is an odd world well not it's not an odd world it's a, it's horribly, a mad world Oh, thank you. It's, it, but it's a horribly true sort of feeling world. Yeah. But like you say, where everyone just seems a bit just on the verge of something. Yeah. Like everyone's yeah, just on the verge ways, of it's... collapse or mm. snapping or, you know, and um, which which feels oddly prescient, you know. it's, it's just... Yeah. I think that's one of the things as well. It's the relationships in this that I do mm. find draw me in so much. You know, his relationship with his sister and with his like it all feels it was very so, real and yeah. yeah, yeah, really. And and it's funny. So yeah, the first time I watched it, I had no idea that they were actually brother and sister. No, and then when I, I when I learned that, I was like, oh, did that actually that could have helped? You know, because they really <laughs> I, do work well together. But then I all the all you... the cast seem to work really well together. Yeah. I, I think it's a stroke of fucking genius. And for, fortunate that they're both really good actors. Yeah. But um, equally, yeah. it is a stroke of genius because there is just that shorthand there, like that bickering at the table. And it's like, you've just made a prick of yourself. Smile. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's frighteningly, frighteningly real. I've got to so say, much. after watching this again and now having 
older children, I do see some <laughs> some similarities with me and the father more than I did the last time I watched this. <laughs> I think I think oddly enough, that's kind of a positive thing because I think the dad's all right. He's he's yeah. like he's all right. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't. He's, seem... he's breaking in a kind of. I'm trying to just let things go a bit, and you know, just not get too caught up all the time. Yeah, he he, he seems sort of all right, but not necessarily not right parents. No, sense, he's got he's got quite a laissez-faire. Having him as your dad, where it's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, he is gonna burst out laughing at this point when I'm, yeah. you know, it's quite quite a dramatic sort of moment to be in a uh, mm. called in by your head teacher. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that is that is so, so yeah don't be too harsh on yourself i think yeah yourself. yeah <laughs> it's i mean his his politics are all over the shop and he does play golf with novices but you know it's... <laughs> aside from that yeah aside from that yeah i mean sorry, that's we... that's oh sorry go on, sorry no i was gonna say because that's something that we'll we may come to is because it isn't it's weird because it's not a positive reset that he does entirely hmm. do you know what i mean in terms of yeah yeah the world you know mm. yes he saves gretchen's life he saves frank's life he probably saves miss pomroy's job mm. uh, because he doesn't go on a vandalism spree that sort of eventually gets her to push because of the Forget book. she's in it every single time <laughs> she, and, and she's the reason that we all saw it because basically she said she read the script and she was the one who said my production so company is... will put X amount in this so it can get a mm. cinema release and be nice. uh, out okay. there uh, in return for a role in it fair so, play yeah well and, and it's a good um, role yeah. yeah she does do fantastic she always does I mean mm. I think I think the weirdest one was not, having not seen it for so long and then looking like going through the cast lists and like Seth Rogen's in there. Yeah, yeah. And that, that is just... a funny, funny role for him after having now seen what he typically does. I, I think it's a perfect role for him. <laughs> yeah. I assume that's just him at school. <laughs> yeah, it could be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and... say, saying about funny casting, though, you know, it's the same with. Um... Patrick Swayze. Absolutely. Yeah. He, again, he was one of those people. I don't know a lot about him. Um, mm. His films aren't generally the type of thing that I'd watch, but I very much had this takes himself extremely seriously. Yeah. And then once you see this film, Liked being a heartthrob kind of. Yeah. yeah. And I think and I think it's coming to this film not knowing where it was going mm. and his character in this, yeah. I was like, oh, it's just a bit of a vanity thing. And I kind of Yeah, and then when you get and that then when big it turns, twist, I was yeah. like, oh. I my respect Absolutely. just went through the room. <laughs> I, I think that's it. I, I respected everyone that was in this film, and yeah, and particularly that. But it is it is interesting how, in a sense, none of them appear as great characters because of the world that they're in. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. but they all just play it so well. You just yeah, it's like I mean the way Jake Gyllenhaal um, plays a. a uh, you know, a teenager with mental illness. Like for me, he just captured it so well. Mm. Where it's like he is—he's not, you know, he's on the edge, and it's like, which way is it going? And uh, yeah, I, I just thought he really. He, but he did never that. kind of overplays it. Like it's, no, it's yeah. very, as you say, it, it all feels very true mm. to life and very, uh, very real. And I—I I, I mean, I'm so glad to see that this film did 
you know, launch him into the mm. stratosphere and obviously he went on to do massive stuff and has and has yeah. knocked it out of the park every time. Mm. Um but yeah, I think this was a this was a perfect place for him to start because he he just nailed it really. Yeah, and I think it's it's funny in this film, like you say, you don't have to fully understand it really. There's so many gems to take away from it that it's like that's all enough. You don't really need to necessarily feel like you've fully understood it. And I, and I don't think I don't think it is possible because with a lot of sci-fi, I think like we said last week you can start picking holes in a lot of it. And it's like, it doesn't actually make sense because it can't really exist. Most yeah. sci-fi is not possible. So you've already kind of decided to make a film that is unlikely to be fully explained if you try to. Hmm. Um, so ignoring that, then yeah, there's just, there's so much. I, I mean, even something like um, um, the, uh, what was it? The, the language Celador. Like even yes. just that stuck in my head when I saw that scene, I was like, that's so funny. I've never thought of the English language as being, um, not having nice sounding phrases. And it's like, it's kind of funny how that does. Cause you think Celador sounds rubbish. It's like, no, actually the sound of it is beautiful. <laughs> Oddly enough, it reminded me there's, uh, obviously, uh, RIP Michael Gambon, but it reminds me yeah. of a bit mm -hmm. from, uh, the singing detective. And there's a bit, cause he plays a writer in that. And mm -hmm. at one uh, very, towards the end of it he says to someone do you know what the most beautiful word in the english language is okay and um i think they reply is it rose and he says no it's elbow <laughs> just because of how it flows how it looks yeah. written yeah. down just That's it. but you start off it was... you know as soon as you hear that <laughs> it's hard to not think of the thing and so yeah. it's like you know that's your experience of it but yeah if you just view the phonetics of it it's yeah, it's completely yeah. different. And the actual just physical symbols that make that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's sort of, yeah. It's, but no, there's a lot of, because he, I'll, I'll give you the, a brief history of science, of time travel mm -hmm. is that basically, because I don't think it comes up, it's all of this is what was explained in the book. So it turns up in the, in, in the excerpts of the book that they show you. The book yeah. doesn't exist, obviously. Um, the, um, time travel book mm. um but basically so uh donnie's what's called basically it all takes place in what's called a tangent universe mm. which is mm. a bit of the universe that's gone awry and until it gets corrected almost like sort of groundhog day mm. it can basically bubble and fuck up the real universe mm. because it gets it's like a record getting stuck on a groove or something like that it just yeah. sort of doesn't eventually you just break the universe because you've got this little tangent bubble that's appeared. Yeah. And um, and there's the possibility a lot of people think that there's a lot of people now theorise, like fans online and stuff, theorise that this isn't Donnie's first loop. Mm. That maybe other characters, like her putting Celador on the, on the blackboard, then makes him think of Roberta Sparrow's house and going through the cellar to get into the house and it's almost like oh, these characters sort of vaguely remember what's happened because at the end mm. um gretchen and his mum sort of seem to recognize each other yeah yeah i always even though about... she's never met him and obviously the universe has been reset yeah. so she never meets donnie because he's dead yeah mm. and um you did say spoilers and fucking swearing didn't you uh, uh, I did, yes yes good right fine um, <laughs> but um 
yeah, so it's like it's almost like some characters might be trying to remembering to try and put things in line mm. uh, so that Donnie can get the formula right this time and reset the universe or find out. And uh, Donnie is what's called a living receiver, which is a being a being chosen to guide. Th- the artifact back to the primary universe. Now the artifact is something that comes out from that comes out of the primary universe into the divergent universe is usually made of metal. It's the Mm. jet engine. Yeah. Yeah. So it's his job is to get that back to where it belongs because obviously it's dropped through time and gone wrong somehow because it's basically come back from, it drops off the plane that his mum and sister are coming home on Mm. And yeah, so he basically he has to create a wormhole to send that back in time. Um, and he has those powers apparently, because as a living receiver, um, you gain supernatural powers or like enhanced strength or just basically a bit sort of superpowery sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's able to create a portal to send it back in time, and then but be under it this time so that it works. Um, And then Frank is part of the manipulated dead who are beings connected to the living receiver who have died within the tangent universe. Uh, They can move through time and contact the living receiver with details of future knowledge. Whereas there's also the manipulated living, which is people who are connected to him who don't die in the tangent universe, but still have some vague memory of what's happened but somehow dying in that universe enables you to travel through time and warn him shit so all of these these you know uh, all of these theories have sprung up just from this movie this isn't like a a theory that people no this this is basically now... the book this is what was in uh richard kelly's head when he wrote okay. the book when he mm. wrote the film rather yeah and then the book has those little bits in there. And I think personally they were probably just released on the DVD as, well, I had this backstory and maybe it didn't come out clear enough. Yeah. Because he's now putting them in the director's cut. Yeah. Even though sense. he said there wasn't, his director's cut is not technically, it wasn't because the studio took it off him or something like that. He, Donnie Darko, as it appeared as a theatrical release, was what he wanted to go out in the cinema. And I think that, yeah, so the director's cut is like, I wanted to, I can put more stuff in and, you know, explain it better. Have a second go almost. It's like a second draft. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think if you've got all that in your head and you put it all to film and you know the backstory, you might go, oh, well, it seems obvious to me because I know. But if you then release it, yeah, and the whole world watches your film and goes, it's brilliant, but I don't know what the fuck happened. You're like, yeah, I need to go back and fix it. Well, you don't need to. It's done well. You know, you, you've achieved what you wanted. But yeah, at a later date, you've then got that mm. that ability to say, right, I'm going to go back and I'm going to re-edit it and rework it and better explain what I was trying to put together. Yeah, It's interesting. Even though the film is based on that premise, essentially, and you need all of that to make the film, all of that is actually not what makes the film good. No. Yeah. This sort of a funny paradox, it's, almost. I think. The, I think the good thing is this film works in a way that I think you get s- certain science fiction does it really well, 
And it's this thing of, if you can make it almost magical or, or do you know, border into the fantastical, Mm. And it makes it makes lot like dream logic sense as much yeah. as it yeah. like sort of yeah. fantasy logic sense mm. in that you don't have to know what the mechanics of it are and what things are called. Mm. And let's face it, the theory of time travel does not actually grant you anything other than an insight into what happens in a divergent universe and why mm. things happen in that sort of sense. But it doesn't explain like, oh, and then you summon a portal yeah <laughs> in this way and this is the physical properties of that you know it doesn't go yeah. fucking mental in that sense but you know it's kind of like it's you can almost read it like he just wishes hard enough that he goes back in time and so mm. and puts it right yeah. like like he wants to choose it's, it's that it's yeah yeah <laughs> he can but put it's... right what once went wrong and maybe <laughs> next time his best leap Will be the leap home. That's good. I should watch and that actually, again. I'm the director's cut. Donnie's first line is "Oh boy," and the opening music is. So yeah, basically, it started out as a it was a quantum leap episode that just got out of hand because the show had finished and they were like, "It's too good." And I did the room. So I did love the music in this as well. It was you yeah. know, it's, um, mm. yeah, it was great. That's the really crime. That's the reason I won't watch. I didn't watch the director's cut. Is because I was like, well, I don't think I've watched the director's cut. I'll watch the director's cut. And then I found out that you don't get the killing moon at the start of it. And I thought, well, you can fuck off then. Because <laughs> that song's fucking amazing. They've replaced it with In Excess. And I'm sorry, Ugh. but a strangle wank versus one of the <laughs> finest, you know, gothic pop songs that's ever been. It's, uh, yeah. But also, yeah. and this this is the weird fucking thing, is I didn't realise kind of the timeline on this. <laughs> Time. Yeah. Um, this came out in October 2001 in America. Hmm. In that America. Um, and um, basically, it, it's not the same on any of the posters, but originally the font that's used at the start of the film was used on all the posters mm -hmm. it was decided that that font looked somewhat arabic so they changed it on all the posters but they couldn't change it on the film mm -hmm. and most of the pre-publicity stuff was like posters of crashed jet engines and things uh, falling out oh, the sky really? so obviously october yeah. 2001 that don't fucking track very well yeah. and um so in america it it, it sort of did poorly at the box office because they basically had to pull half their advertising and fuck around with it and stuff like that and just it never got yeah, the sort of crazy. notice that it was going to get you know and it the only way it was going to get noticed was for the wrong reasons of yeah. loads of like some red-faced prat on fox news claiming that it was laughing at the yeah. victims of 9-11 uh, or whatever you know and um so but then it came out over here in 2002 and did really well mm. in UK cinema and slowly got, because of that, sort of slowly got on, like, uh, taken up on DVD and, like, more people were discovering it. So it was actually, it was like Jimi Hendrix, basically, as it came over here and became famous and then went back to America to be famous. <laughs> um, but um, the weirdest part of it is, is that obviously the cover at the end of it, Mad World, the mm. uh, Tears for Fears cover, um, is became 
the UK Christmas number one, 2003. <gasps> oh, God. Mm. So it's like just a weird sort of bubbling lifespan that this film has yeah. through that sort of delay of almost like a year before the pickup on it that happens and stuff like that. And I have to say that was a good one because that was a good year because it beat what it beat the darkness, um, Bo Selector's Christmas single, and um, and and uh, the pop idol of that year, which was the first time that had been like told to fuck off out of the charts so that was, <laughs> you know it was, it was good in that sense but yeah that yeah. Uh, and then the weirdest moment which is when a guy go gary jewels is the guy who sings it and michael andrews just plays the piano does all the score for this which is a fucking mm. brilliant score yeah yeah I, it's so sort of just right yeah, yeah and again that's the thing that gives it that sort of fantasy fairy tale edge yeah yeah, definitely. And the sort of dreamy sort of stuff, as well as the dread and things like that. But yeah, so a guy went on stars in their eyes as Gary Jules singing Mad World one, mm. and then it's like the next time you're on, you have to do a different one of their songs. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he, he, he went and found an album track and uh, was never seen again. So... <laughs> yeah. One last one on the music, though. There's a Pantera song on here, but I didn't know this. Pantera disowned their first four albums. Yeah. And um, called, and so they agreed for the song to be used, but they're credited as, what is it, the Green Mummies or something like that? The Screaming Green Mummies? <laughs> something. I'll write it down. Dead Green Mummies. That's it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 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 Wow. Weird. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Mm. <laughs> I, I know Pantera, but not terribly well so it's definitely a halloween film is it a horror film yeah well, this uh, is what we say. i think visually a hundred percent like all the the weird sky stuff uh hmm. obviously frank is yeah see that's that's that no became reason. such an icon from it as well yeah. uh, um but i i would think lots of people would think it was definitely a horror film Maybe they wouldn't if they watched it necessarily, but the impression is absolutely yes. that yeah. it is. And then that's what, so that's what I was saying when I, when I first, I remember thinking, I think this is a horror film, and then just having no concept about, and as I guess most people didn't, where is it going to go? How far is it going to go? Like, is yeah. there going to be a lot of gore? Is it like it, was, it just threw me completely as to? Well, it's so unknowable. Yeah, that's the thing with it is you just genuinely don't know. It, it, like you, why, said, you hit the dream where and why and like, things are going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, 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 and it never sort of stops from mm, that. Yeah, it, it literally right until the end. closing scene, <laughs> yeah. you still have no idea what could <laughs> happen in the next, next thirty seconds. It's fucking mental. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and that that was what I loved about it, and it did throw so many curveballs in there. Mm. It just totally, yeah. uh, you know, like we said that with the Patrick Swayze thing, like. It, that didn't for the story to happen that that yeah. is kind of relevant to right. anything but it just puts it in there mm. just as another you know you think you know what's happening but you have no idea really and yeah yeah and, and, it, and but just going back to what i was going to say so that's the one thing that's not clear if that that appears like that gets undone so he doesn't then get caught at that point yeah possibly yeah, yeah I, I never I'll, thought of that yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's, one... that's the thing you do sort of yeah. there are certain things that don't happen for yeah. the good but is that 
again, the element of the way this film is trying to be somewhat realistic in its portrayal is, yeah, you can't necessarily fix everything. That's no. just that's just how life yeah. is, maybe. Um, oh, because there was another one that we didn't mention earlier. It was the um, the girl, and as usual, I've forgotten her name. Um, the one who likes Donny, and he realizes when he sees her book when he oh he Char- goes up Charita, Charita, yeah. I've got the list here, but there's quite a lot of people. Um, yeah, everyone gets the credit in this. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, but yeah, Every- and you know, and even her, just her story is like it's sweet and upsetting that he has been kind to her. And that's made her kind of fall in love with him, but he had no concept about that until. And then it's, it's strange. It's another surreal sort of moment where he feels the need to go up to her and say it's all going to be all right. And I guess what he what he meant there is that she won't then fall in love with him and be upset that they're not together. I th- I think at that point I don't think he even knows other yeah, than well, that's... I'm taking action. Yeah, that that is going to fix something. Seems right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very you you get the feeling that it's a very driven thing that he he is not in control of. Yes, or that's it. Well, yeah, well, it does absolutely call into question, you know, predeterminism and and so on. And yeah, but how he does feel like he's taking the correct path, like morally. It's, when when he laughs at the end, it's you know, he's like he's totally accepted and knows what he's chosen is right. Yeah. It's also, it's also, I've done it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get that. Sort of, yeah. No, I get that. Mm. Sort of, almost. It's like I, f- I fucking knew I could yeah. do this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, and again, it, his performance in this, mm. like the, you know, and, and that is, as you say, it's, it's those bits where he gets so much across without having to say anything. It's just his yeah. mannerisms his and looks, his facial expressions, and he just tells a whole story just through laughing. And it's, mm. uh, yeah, I mean, it's a brilliant thing to say really i i have to say on the jake gillenhall thing though i don't know have either of you seen nightcrawler oh god no. yes what a fucking good film that is. now Ooh. that's one that i think we could that i would argue we could do on the podcast Ooh, okay i think that is kind of a horror film it's dark it's yeah <laughs> yeah you know but worth checking out chris because that is okay because i think that's one of the ones that doesn't get as much love I've, as it I've should. never heard of it no, least. it doesn't. It, it just kind of went under the radar. It, um, I think it might have been Drew who told me about it and said, "Oh, you need." It to, was, yeah, to yeah, check it, it out. It definitely, Drew told um, me, yeah, yeah, and I, uh, yeah, and I was totally blown away by it. Absolutely fantastic movie, yeah. Oh. Not and taking no from that. We didn't he, even mention. He's not blue in it, and he doesn't go bamf. <laughs> <laughs> not that nightcrawler. <laughs> right. Um. We we didn't mention the dangers of being a, a, a therapist and using hypnotherapy. <laughs> That's got to be a bit awkward. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, got to stop this now. Yeah. So yeah, just I think that's it. Like, just there were so many scenes where Jake was just like, "Yeah, you're just playing this really well." It just and it's it's such a it's a weird role in a way, um, as serious as it mm. is, kind of ridiculous. It, but it's got cult movie written all like you can see yeah. how this film picked up a cult following. Like mm-hmm. this has got one of those, you know, in the Prince Charles every two months or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's got people who go to every screening. Like it, it has got that very cult again. And like you say, you can do days of research and chatting online and theorizing about it. And it, it if is you want those... to, but you don't have to. 
No, you can come away and enjoy it as soon as the film finishes, yeah. Or you can mull it over for days on end afterwards. And the the cinema that they're in, in, you know, when they're in the cinema watching the um, that cinema every Easter screens, it's a real cinema they filmed in, and they Mm. screen Donnie Darko every Easter. Excellent. Oh, God, it'd be great to go to that. (laughs) Um, Right, so... Yes, so definite recommend from us. Uh, yeah, absolute solid movie. As I say, mm. I, and I—that's I, the reason I didn't go back—is because every time I enjoy it a little bit less. <laughs> but what I love about it, I love so much. I never want to spoil this movie for myself, which I know <laughs> sounds like a very strange place to come from. But that's how I feel about it. Uh, I think no, that I makes a it. lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, so thanks ever so much for listening, everybody. Uh, go enjoy your Halloweens. Uh, mm-hmm. We will be recording again the weekend before Halloween, and we'll be doing a what we've been watching. Uh, so we will have a ton of stuff, hopefully. I know I've mm-hmm. filled up an entire page of shit, so I'm going to have to be really, really uh, picky about what I Prioritize well, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, we're going to have a minute per movie or something, and <laughs> it's going to be an army. Um, but yes. So have a great Halloween. Go and watch all your favourite spooky shit, and we will see you in a fortnight for what we've been watching. Good night. Good night. Good night. Oh, now I've lost my mouse. Oh, there it is. <laughs>